and Show Network. Welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey kids, welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Weinbaum, and today I'm joined by uh, Iris Dave McGrath. How the hell are you, man? Almost sounds like a uh, almost sounds like a, a fighter nickname. I'm good. Uh, yes, I, I am Irish, and, and I'm great. Aaron. I, I either want to call you Boston Dave or Irish Dave. I don't know why. It it seems catchy. I, I tried to get it caught on with uh, Ariel what? Hawani, but uh, no bueno. Yeah. Um, well, listen, you you've been known uh, a time or two to uh, make some things stick in your life. So whatever you can give me, I'll, I'll take, Aaron. Nice. Uh, I guess we should tell the kids we are picking fights for UFC 242 and I believe Bellator 226. We're not going to pick all the fights. We're going to pick the fights that are most interesting to us. And unfortunately, heading into a pay-per-view, I, I would hope there would have been more. Yeah, this is this is pathetic on the, on the, on the part of Bellator that, A, that they're running this card. Um, well, I guess it's not the biggest deal in the world that they're running this card opposite Khabib, considering the time that the fights will end uh, in Abu Dhabi here on the East Coast anyway. But um, just doesn't it feel like this world heavyweight title fight, you know, biggest fighter in the world for them, Ryan Bader, just kind of just came and nobody really cared at all? Uh, yeah. It's so weird. You would think he would fight at 205 first, since it, and we'll get into that when we start picking. It's just a whole bunch of weird, weird circumstances, but I have a whole lot to say about that, as I'm sure you do. Sure. sure. All right, like you said, though, UFC 242 in Abu Dhabi, way across the globe here. Uh, pretty good card, but it's just, everything's so saturated lately, it's not like the greatest card in the world, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, listen, it's uh, one of those fight cards where, go ahead, I'm sorry, Aaron. No, you're, you're good. I wasn't talking. It's one of those fight cards where we, we walk into it, we sit here on a Wednesday, and we go, yeah, it doesn't look like it, it's very deep, and then, you know, we'll come out of it Monday morning and go, damn, that was, that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good card. A lot of people that you probably won't recognize, but a lot of interesting matchups, some really good up-and-coming fighters, and of course, they've got local flavor, lots of Russians on the card, so. Can I just say this, though? This is the Wednesday before the card. Some crazy crap has been known to happen uh, the day before a Habib fight. So he could miss weight. He could get hurt. Uh, And Tony Ferguson did not weigh in as a backup. So you've got to think after that Brooklyn card, some of these lightweights that are on the card will weigh exactly 155 pounds come uh, from Friday morning just in case. If anybody watched our good friend uh, Ariel Hawani's show today, he did have Tony Ferguson on. Yep. And uh, Tony Ferguson did say that he is not making the trip to Abu Dhabi as of now. So, as of now. Oh, that's a hell of an ask. Even if you were to leave today and make 115 yes. pounds, or, or 155 pounds. Yeah, it'd be a real big <laughs> ask if you made 115 pounds. Uh, 155 pounds, rather. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, speak of a fighter, I know his name. You know his name. You'll remember his name, Bilal Muhammad, taken sure. on somebody I've never heard of. Have you heard of Takashi Soto? Sure. Soto. Um, I've heard of him a little bit. Um, I'm not going to pick him in this fight. Uh, I love Bilal Muhammad. I feel like he's coming into his own. Um, excellent, excellent top pressure. Yeah. Uh, very, very good wrestler. 
Um, we've seen what he can do in his last fight when he gets on top of somebody. Um, he's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, he's, he's actually the only fighter on this card, Aaron, who has Middle Eastern ties. His parents are Palestinian. Um, I like Bilal Muhammad uh, to win this fight in a home game for Bilal. And maybe, just maybe, get himself a top 15 fight after this. Because I feel like he could do something in the welterweight division. Yeah, I, I thought he fought sooner than this, but I guess he, he hadn't fought since April. But that was a great fight, man. Uh, I mean, a lot of output. He really wanted that win, and you, you could tell he really wanted that win. You know, he had a weird loss to Jeff Neal uh, way back in January. I'm a fan of Bilal. He's always a friend to the, the parody accounts. He's a good sport. Uh, Sato... I mean, he won a fight against Ben Saunders, but you know Ben's kind of on the downswing of his career. I mean, he's he's fun to watch. He's got some nice sound bites here and there. Before that, beat a bunch of guys I'd never heard of. So it, it it's hard to think that Bilal doesn't have this. Sure, yeah, I agree. I think Bilal's time is now. He's thirty one years old. It's time for him to start making a move up the rankings if he's ever going to do anything at one seventy. Yeah. You know, this next fight, uh, Joanne Calderwood and Andrea Lee, I, I wanted to pick this fight to point out it, some of these fights we're calling or picking rather. There are some real mismatches here, and I think this is one of them unless you disagree. Uh, well, give me your pick and we'll see if we disagree. <laughs> ah, well, OK, so let's let's go with uh, Jojo first. Her, her last fight was Caitlin Chukagian, a loss for that. She has wins over uh, Ariane Lipsky, and then Calindra Ferreira, Cynthia Cavallo lost, uh, lost to Jessica Andrade. And then you got Andrew Lee, who just beat Montana De La Rosa, Ashley Evan Smith, Veronica Macedo, Jamie Thornton. I, I think just, you know, I don't usually pick first as my podcast. I will pick first for you, my friend. I, I, okay. I think I see uh, Andrea Lee running through her. Wow. Um, normally, I would pick JoJo. I think she's one of the more underrated fighters, but I agree with you. I'm going to pick Andrea Lee. Um, listen, this is a this is a young lady who was the uh, at one point she was a legacy FC flyweight champion. Uh, she had a nice little run in Victa, beating Rachel Ostovich. She fought a very tight decision. Uh, you'll remember against Roxanne Modafari yeah. again. Um, you know, Andrea Lee is one of those fighters who you know she's one or two decent wins away. Get can I just point out too that Roxanne is terribly underrated here, and she, you know, her losses have come off of people that miss weight, which is crazy that they make her do that. You know, sure, she just recently lost, and again, a fighter missed weight, and she yeah. took the fight. Listen, she beats Ashley Evans Smith, she beats Montana De La Rosa. Um, you know, I, I just think that again, Andrea Lee, much like Bilal Muhammad, her time is now. It's her time to move up the rankings and make some noise. Um, she's the younger, hungrier fighter, but again, you know, would I be utterly shocked if Jojo won? Of course not. Um, Joanne Calderwood is criminally underrated and she, it's been like that forever. All right, cool. Well, I think we both agree then. Uh, next up. Oh man, this is a good fight for Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades and <laughs> <laughs> Shamil uh, Abdurgamik. I can't say it. Yeah, dang right. it. But Shamil Shamazel, uh, I got it wrong. So, uh, <laughs> what do you think here? You think it, it, maybe it's going to be closer than we think? You know, I think Curtis Blades beats everyone in the division except for Francis Ngannou. I think Francis has his number for whatever reason. I think Curtis Blades should beat Francis Ngannou. I don't think he ever will. 
sure. We're talking about a guy who's beaten Mark Hunt, Alexi Olnick, uh, had a win over uh, Alistair Overham, TK Odom. Yeah. Uh, you're right. I mean, he's lost to Francis Ngannou twice. Inexplicably turned his back on Ngannou in the last fight. I didn't get that at all. That was uh, in Beijing. Yeah. Uh, then he comes back and beats uh, uh, Justin Willis in a decision. Um, who was kind of an up-and-comer in the division a little bit. I think people thought maybe Justin Willis could make some noise. Um, Curtis Blades is an excellent wrestler. Uh, I don't know if he can beat everybody in the division. I don't think I'd like him over Stipe or um, you know uh, uh, Daniel Cormier if he's still... I don't know about that, but I think he's a solid, very solid uh, top five heavyweight in the world. Top six, anyway, and I expect uh, Curtis Blades to win this fight, mainly because... I have a lot more data on Curtis Blades than I do on his opponent. You know, you look at his opponent, though, I wouldn't be surprised if lightning struck. They might, these real strong picks have not gone well for me lately. But Me neither. He's, <laughs> he does have wins over Andre. Okay, you know, Andre's hot and cold, although he's in a nice little streak lately. Uh, he doesn't fight very often. Uh, Shamil has a loss to Derek Lewis. But he's got a win over Walt Harris, who's a nice hot commodity right now. He's Boy. But then you look at... Way back, and he's got a loss to Tim- Timothy Johnson, who's not a hot commodity so much anymore, you know? Oh, my friend Tim Johnson alone, sir. What's that? I love oh, Tim no. Johnson. He looks like that guy from Claudia with the chance of meatballs, you know, the uh, the dad with John- the mustache. Tim Johnson told me that he is a bouncer at a bar when yeah. he doesn't fight. Have you, if you, anybody who's listening to this who's ever seen Tim Johnson, he's about 6'6", six, six. he's got a handlebar mustache, an epic one. And I was like, I can't imagine, Tim, that there's anybody who would ever cause trouble in a bar where you're bouncing. And he says yeah. every every week he's got to throw multiple people out. It just goes to show you uh, people are stupid. A, B, listen, Tim Johnson took a fight on, what, four hours notice against a killer making yeah. off. So I will accept no Tim Johnson slander, sir. It, it, I Listen, I love the guy, actually. He's a retired cop, too, isn't he? Uh, military. Retired military. military. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on... Tim Johnson, but he's not had the best luck as of late. And no, sorry. Uh, but anyway, back to it. I don't see how Curtis Bl- Blades loses this unless lightning strikes, which which could happen. Certainly could. Okay, I listen. This fight's not getting enough credit here. Next up, Edson Barboza, Paul the Dragon Felder. What do you think about this one? I love. I like this fight for many, many reasons. A. Paul Felder is one of the most underratedly interesting fighters to watch. Name me the last boring Paul Felder fight. He's so tough. Go back to UFC 226. He breaks his arm oh. in the first couple minutes against Mike Perry. Yeah. Um, most people who were watching that fight probably said, "Okay, this fight's about to get stopped." No, sir, it does not. He goes the entire full three rounds. I mean, he's just one of the toughest guys. Is he ever going to be a world champion? No. Ooh. Um, is he ever going? I mean, he's 35 years old. I think at this point he is what he is, right? Wow. Uh, but Paul Felder puts on the most interesting fights of, in that lightweight division, I'd venture to say that he's a top three, four must-see fighter when he fights. All that being said, um, Edson Barboza is the younger guy. More paths to victory, in my opinion. Um, I like Edson. I, I've always said that I thought Edson was going to be a world champion one day. I'm very disappointed in the way his careers went. Uh, go all the way back to when, uh, you know, the guy in the main event, Khabib Nurmagomedov, just absolutely destroyed him. Yeah. Uh, he comes back, absolutely destroys Dan Hangman Hooker, um, and then comes back and loses uh, his next fight against Justin Gaethje. He fights everybody. Uh, I just think that Edson Barboza, as much as I love Felder, I think Edson is just a better fighter at this point in their careers. 
I need to give Felder some credit. Yeah, he lost to Mike Perry, but he mm-hmm. was on his way down to 155, I think, for another fight. He took that fight on short notice yeah. against a much bigger Mike Perry. Now, Paul's a big guy, but he was on his way to making the cut down to 155 pounds in that fight. Takes it short notice, gets his arm kicked in half, and just absolutely tough as hell. And his win over Jade Vick, Vick punctures his lung, and he still ekes out a decision. Yes. He's always injured. He always seems to be. <laughs> and again, that that Perry fight, I put that in my top 25 greatest fights of all time. Wow. Anybody who's listening to didn't see Mike Perry versus Paul Felder, it meant nothing for the rankings. It was two random guys peered together. And it just goes to show you that anytime people get into a cage, amazing things can happen. It's just one of the most incredible fights you'll ever see. All of that being said, it seems like every time Paul Felder fights, because of his style, um, he's getting carted off with a punctured lung, broken arm, and doesn't quit. And there's there's a lot of guys who quit. There's a lot of guys who break, Aaron, and, and Paul Felder doesn't. Well, Edson has trouble with wrestlers. Paul is not a wrestler. Uh, Paul's going to probably trade. Maybe there'll be some clinch work here and there, but... It, this one's a little bit hard to pick for me. You know, it's hard in these in these uh, rematches. Sure, it was 2015, but uh, sure. he does have a decision win over Paul Felder, but he didn't get him out of there. You know, a, a lot of his wins, uh, he had that he did win over Anthony Pettis. Uh, Edson did so. I mean, he's got a lot of good wins. Sure. <sighs> No, but he does. I mean, listen, again, Barboza was a guy that I earmarked a long time ago for maybe the future of the division and just hasn't worked out for him. I think the other underrated aspect about it is to Aaron is that they're actually training partners and good friends. Oh, Uh, a lot of people. I don't know if that's been a pretty understated story this week. I just think Edson Barboza, I think it's fun. I think this fight could be in fight of the night very easily. Yep. Um, I'm not sure it's worthy of a co-headliner spot, but wow. Um, yeah, I like, I like Barboza, but again, am I, am I going to bet my mortgage on it? Of course not. <laughs> bet your house on it and then Al will help you find a better one. Right. Uh, yeah. listen, I'm going to go a different way here. I, I think that, well, I'm not going to pick differently, but I think Paul Felder, the, his weight cut is, uh, difficult. I think it's not talked about very much. He's a big dude and he, I don't know when he got to Abu Dhabi. I don't know how long he's been there. That's a big ask, you know. Uh, I I think Edson edges this one out, and it's just no other reason than I just have a feeling, you know. Sure. Yeah. I again, I think it's another underrated story. Is somebody who has made that flight thirty or forty times in my yeah. life, back and forth. Uh, it takes a lot out of you. It takes you a long time um, to to sort of uh, get acclimated. The heat's different. Yeah. Uh, they're they're just they're you know it's whatever it's seven o'clock on the east coast right now they're just waking up it's bright and early in the morning uh your internal clock gets all screwy so imagine cutting weight and then having to get ready for a monster too you know so yeah. it's tough yeah i i we'll see what happens man and you know same could go for edson but i don't think he cuts near as much weight all right Next up, the main event of the evening. I am excited for this fight. You know, we're unifying the titles here. The interim lightweight title and the undisputed title will uh, once again be undisputed. Right now, it is disputed. We have uh, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Dustin the Diamond Poirier. The eagle against the diamond. Man, 
let's just take a look here. Habib never loses the UFC. He beats the brakes <laughs> off of Connor, makes him tap. Uh, he just barely squeaks by Ally Quinta, if I remember that one correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> beats Edson Barboza, beats Michael Johnson. And this is an important one, you know, because Michael lit him up a little bit. But guess what? He has a win over Dustin Poirier. Michael Johnson is underrated as both. The oddest UFC career of all time belongs to Michael Johnson. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he's always in there. He's just had some bad luck, yeah. you know? It lightweight he's and featherweight. Smart fighter, either. I mean, you no. go back to his last fight against Josh Emmett. He wins that decisively, and in the last two minutes of the yeah. third round, in the fight he's well ahead on, he decides to get into a fist fight with him and gets knocked out. I mean, he's just not very smart. No, and you know he he just stayed in that slugfest with Gaethje too, where sure. sometimes you come on top like Dustin Poirier, and uh, sometimes you don't. You know. I've been thinking about writing an article about Michael Johnson and his odd career because he's got wins. I mean, he's got yeah. wins over great fighters, and then he's got a lot of random dumbass losses against some guys that makes no sense. I agree. You know, how would he have known, just like Anthony Pettis, that Nate Diaz was going to show up in shape, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, to the picks here, this one hurts. <laughs> it really does because I, I, I like Dustin, but... Nothing has shown me that Habib's going to lose this fight in any way, shape, or form. I don't think that Dustin has like the one-punch knockout. If Habib's in trouble, what's he going to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I wrote today that it's incredible that Dustin Poirier is even here. Let's just put it... Yeah, again, this what is a guy, great this career. Guy on February 20th of this year was asking for his release from the UFC. Yep. If it wasn't for Tony Ferguson going through personal drama, this would be Tony here right now. If he got by Max, instead we have a unific we have an interim title match between Max and Dustin Poirier in which I did not pick Dustin to win. I'll be truly honest with you there. Yeah. I truly thought Max was going to beat him. Max had not lost a fight in 5 years and they have an excellent stand-up war where Dustin comes out on top. This is a guy who and his last six fights has beaten Eddie Alvarez twice, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis, Max Holloway. His strength of schedule is so much better than Khabib's. I mean, Khabib's best win is over Conor McGregor, realistically, and Ally Quinta. Um, Barely. Everything, and again, again, you know, nothing has shown me that Khabib is going to lose this fight and Dustin is going to win this fight. Nothing has shown me that. Um, yeah. A lot of people will always say, Aaron, anything can happen in a cage fight. It's four-ounce gloves, but... Honestly, history doesn't really bear that out in the UFC. There just isn't a lot of upsets. Um, the last one I can really point to that was a truly shocking upset would have been UFC 69 with Matt Serra over uh, George St. Pierre. And oh, that wow. was really a flat flash knockout. A lot of people you know, on Twitter will point to uh, Henry Cejedo over Demetrius Johnson last year. But you know, to me, that A, it wasn't a huge upset, and B... It was a very, very tight decision that really a lot of people didn't agree with, including myself. So if you look through history, there's just not a lot. Usually the favorites hold serve. And I and truly, honestly, again, for all in for all, J Dustin's got the juju on his side right now, too. Yeah. He's playing with house money. He's not supposed to be here, period. He was not supposed to be here. The UFC does not look at Dustin Poirier as a star. They just don't. Um, he was a 145er. Yep. Now looks like he has a lot of trouble even making 155. Yeah. He's a massive man. Here's how I see this playing out. I think Dustin has his moments. I think we walk away from this fight and go, wow, um, 
Dustin really exposed some stuff about Khabib. But I think at the end of the day, um, Habib is just a level above everybody. And I see no evidence that Habib Nurmagomedov isn't going to win this fight. And I think it goes a lot like the way the Iaquinta fight did, where Al had his moments. But in the end, it was a 50-45, 50-44 score. And yeah. uh, Khabib won the decision. I don't see him finishing Dustin Poirier. Yeah, um, I'm looking I here. Like, um, Unless he gets a weird KO, Dustin hasn't been submitted since like 2012. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Sure. And a lot of people say, too, and I'm going to disagree with you, that Michael Johnson... I just think a lot of that is Joe Rogan on commentary because he, he <laughs> I went back and watched that fight a hundred times. I've watched more Khabib tape than any fighter ever. I really have. And I just don't see where Khabib was hurt by that punch. He just kept pushing forward and Joe Rogan screaming into the microphone that he was hurt. Yeah. I just see no evidence. And as far as I'm concerned, he's never lost a round. And you can tell, I think it's just a lot of people want to believe that Conor McGregor won that round. Um, I just don't see it. I don't and think I've he never did. Seen- I, I don't even remember him winning that round. I was watching that fight, no. and I remember him saying that. I'm like, what round? What What are you talking yeah. about? Because I thought Khabib was pretty damn good the whole fight, you know? And I need to point something else out. I think you and I picked the Poirier-Max Holloway card. I think, I, I know, in fact, I picked uh, Poirier to win because, mm-hmm. number one, he had beaten him before. Number two... I thought his move up to 155 was overrated. I don't think he's so much a big guy as he just likes to get fat in between fights. And you saw that when he did fight uh, Dustin. He's going to have to do some work to really be a true 155-pounder because all he did was look like a doughier version of himself. Yeah, I mean, Max is... Everybody says he's such a big guy, but you put him next to Dustin. I mean, Dustin at this point looks like a 170-er. I mean, he's got to struggle to get to 155 right now. So yeah. he's a big guy. Uh, again, I always hear that T- Tess Khabib's chin, he can be knocked out. But guess what? Conor McGregor, who a lot of people yeah. believe is the strongest striker that the lightweight division has ever seen, mm-hmm. hit Khabib with many, many flush shots. And Khabib just stood there. Um, again, uh, Dustin has got a lot of juju on his side. There's something to be said for that. He's playing with house money. He shouldn't be here. He's in enemy territory he's a guy who struggled his entire career lost fights won fights yeah wanted to wanted to retire at one point after the michael johnson fight there's a lot of things going on there that i don't think we can overlook i just think again habib is in that rarefied air he's in that john jones type of air where honestly you know i don't see him ever losing if he stays at 155 i don't and i expect him to win this fight by just yeah, let's just for the record, both these guys are good guys in real life. You know, Habib digs wells. Dustin does a like lot for both. Louisiana. Um, yeah. So, you know, they they get bad raps because they're cage fighters. But I I don't see how Khabib loses this fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just too damn good. That boy is good. Yeah, my level. I mean, I I would venture to say that if he does lose it somehow. Um, it would be the biggest upset in UFC history. I really believe that. Wow. Okay. Well, that wraps up that card. Now, I feel obligated. Bellador has a card this weekend. Bellator 226. (laughs) Uh, Just because there's a few names I recognize here. But it's another Grand Prix, which is full of the biggest mismatches you'll ever see, which is funny (laughs) because when Bellator does this, 
It's these guys that lost four in a row will win out of nowhere, and their guy loses, and they try to figure out a way to put him back in the tournament like as an alternate or give him like a headline fight right after. Am I wrong here? <laughs> no, you're 100% right. But from a guy that covers Bellator, am I wrong? Right. It, oh, no, gosh. absolutely not. Crazy. And there's no bigger, and there's no bigger guy who... who Listen, I can't defend Bellator as much as I do, and I do defend them because I think that they have a chance to be legitimate competition, and I think Scott Coker does a nice job running fight promotions. Yeah. Uh, at least on the business aspect, we can talk about the booking, and we know it's putrid. I just think they really dropped the ball with this card, and 225 was no better. Um, the Featherweight Grand Prix is promising. you got guys in there, you know, like Adam Borix, for instance, who's on yeah. this card, who's 13-0. Um, you know, obviously guys like Patricio Pitbull, um, yeah. and Michael Chandler and, and, you know, the Aaron Picos, the AJ McKees. Let's, let's talk about Aaron food. Pico because how do you ruin a poor kid's career by putting up against killers? And then you're building up a goofball like Dylan Dennis. I know. Well, I think uh, Scott Coker came out on Twitter and called Dylan Dennis his business partner. And I just, I couldn't understand how oh. a, a guy like Scott Coker could call Dylan Dennis a guy who's what two and zero in MMA. It's a, yeah, it's a running joke because I uh, Dennis started it, and I think it started with a tweet way back when that him and Scott Coker were uh, partners, and then another one that said I own Bellator, and I think my most popular tweet at the time on the Ally Aquinta Realty account was you don't even own a home. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's the Conor McGregor rub. I just think it's. <laughs> For some reason, because Dylan Dennis is 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 embedded with Conor McGregor, he was a part of that UFC 229 yeah. uh, melee where um, you know a lot of people think he owns a win over Khabib uh, you know, <laughs> uh, in the crowd. He doesn't even um, fight in a weight class that exists. Yeah, I mean, all of his fights are at some kind of catch weight. Yeah, I don't know. And honestly, at this point, I don't even think it matters. I don't think he's th- there to be a legitimate fighter. I don't. I think he's just a guy. Well, there know, we go, though. He wins because we're talking about him. We're talking about him. On a card he's not even on. And I guarantee you he's one of the top five most talked about MMA fighters in the world. Oh, yeah. He does a good job marketing himself. He he invented cringe before Henry Cejudo. And at least Henry Cejudo wins title belts all the time. That's true. Real title belts. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's face it. Most of the people in this Grand Prix, the Featherweight Grand Prix here in Bellator, are either fighting for a Twitter check mark. Or a Wikipedia page, because none of these guys got any of them. <laughs> I see a lot of O and O going against O and one oh. on this card. Um, Cornelius Savage, there's some human being named Cornelius Savage yes. is on the card. Evan and, Kabur, uh, he know, fights. Yeah, I mean, listen, a good rule of thumb is anytime Connie Savage is on a card, it's probably one to skip. If I have to go to Sherdog to find them, it's usually not. Not good for them. It, it it doesn't end well for them. You know what I mean? And if you're somebody like me, who's the biggest MMA geek literally on planet yeah. Earth, and once I get to fight like number six and I don't recognize any names, there's a guy <laughs> named Cass Bell who's got blue hair. Um, you know, again, Amber Librox yeah. on the card. She's had a pretty decent run in Bellator. She's three and three. I know who she is. Yeah, there's a but guy named get- uh, Alan, Alan Benson, but it says his last win was Arby's parking lot. Yes, yep, which means, of course, you know, that's probably the fight that's going to be Dylan Dennis's next opponent. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. At middleweight. He'll be cage side. Oh, sure. my gosh. So, anyway, I'm going to pick two fights just because 
I know Daniel Str- I, I I don't know Daniel Strauss, but I met Daniel Strauss at a card way back when when he fought Henry Cor- Corrales in St. Louis. Uh, the same card where Kimbo Slice fought uh, Ken Shamrock, and oh, wow. I got a picture with the great Nick Diaz and uh, and an old Aaron says what podcast T shirt. So it was a cool, cool night. Wow. They're so lax in these Bellator cards, man. Like anyone they can really go down to the floor. Can. It's super cheap. They let you walk around. It's really, it was really yeah. neat. I mean, if you're an MMA fan, you got to go to a Bellator card just, just because you could really see what's going on. Unless things have changed in the few, in the last few years. No, not much has changed. I, I was pretty close to, uh, um, you know, I go to a lot of the cards. Obviously, cover them, and they're pretty lax with their media too. They they let a lot of people in. Um, you know, obviously since I switched to the, uh, quote unquote, bigger network, yeah. uh, things have been a little easier for me. Um, but you know, even when I was back at like the MMA torch, which has like three fans, you know, Dude! yeah, I know. <laughs> and one of them is me. Um, you know, they would let me cover their events and yeah. kind of roll up carpet. So they're good like that. And, but yeah, if you're an, if you're an MMA fan, even in general, Go to Bellator shows because I went to Brooklyn to cover Sahedo Dillashaw, and then I went to a Bellator event the very next week, and there was way more juice for MVP and Paul Daly than there was Dillashaw Sahedo. Wow! And that was that was opening night for ESPN in Brooklyn, New York, and the crowd was just dead. You know, they did nothing to sort of interact with the crowd. Yeah. And the Bellator cards are hot. You know, they feel like underground, sort of like. Um, hardcore MMA fans. Uh, well, real the- MMA fans can't afford floor seats at the UFC. Real MMA fans yeah. can afford floor seats at a Bellator. Totally true, man. I mean, that's pretty much sums it up right there. Um, I will tell you this story. So after the Daniel Strauss Henry Corrales fight, uh, where where Strauss came on top, they both ended up sitting behind me, right? And you know they were chumming around and whatnot. But on his way to his seat. Daniel Strauss goes up to some kid with some nachos, goes, hey, and he grabs some nachos. He goes, thank you, and sits down. Wow. <laughs> and this poor kid didn't know what to do. It was hilarious. What are you going to do? If Daniel Strauss wants your nachos, you just kind of, you got to just step aside, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, uh, here you go, sir. Uh, go for it, man. Uh, so anyway, uh, this may be one of those mi- mi- mismatches here. Daniel Strauss did win over Shane Crutchin. Uh, but this is way back in March. Before that, he loses to Manuel Sanchez, also in the tournament. Loses to, uh, are they both pitful? This is Patricio Fieri. But before that, he has a yes. win over him. I think they fought like five times in a, in a, in a weird strain of events here. <laughs> but they yes. have fought at least three times. in a, Like one of those trilogies that don't make sense because he got beat by him twice. Yes, they just had nothing else to do because it's Bellator, so just go for it. Now, here's the mismatch. Uh... He is fighting, gosh darn it, I lost it. Oh, Derek Campos, who has lost three in a row, okay? Yes. Uh, before that, let's see, his last win was 2017 against Brandon Gertz. Sure. I mean, I expect Daniel Strauss to win this fight. <laughs> well, I expect, this is, but this is what Bellator does. They expect him to win too, and maybe it could be a, you know, fight number seven between him and Pitbull, but... These things backfire on them. You know what I mean? You know yeah, what? I, mean, I could see it. Yep. Screw it. I'm going with the upset. I'm saying Derek Campos wins his fight due to Bellator backfire. I'm going to say I hope it's a double knockout and who gives a shit, honestly. <laughs> yes. 
All right, we both we were talking a little bit off air here too, and we talked a little bit about at the beginning how weird this fight is. Yes, Ryan Bader, uh, Czech Congo for the heavyweight yeah. championship. And by the way, my parody account got blamed a little bit for uh, Scott Coker's recent tweet. Scott Coker's cur- turning into the real Scott Coker's turning into quite a little Twitter troll, man. Not bad. Yeah. You know what? Why not? Have some fun, dude. I, that's what I do. Have some fun. At one time, Scott Coker and Bellator was trying to get my not Coker account thrown off. I violated nothing on oh. Twitter. I even had people that worked for Bellator that I knew. I can't say any names. I promised I would not say, hey, can you okay. can you cool it with the Coker account? They want you off. I'm like, dude, it's got 400. At the time, I had like 400 followers. Who cares? How am I affected Viacom? I'm not. You know? Viacom MMA is just fine whether I have a not Coker account or not. So the rub was he puts this picture of Ryan Bader after the Steve Babyochich Daniel Cormier fight that says oh God, greatest heavyweight of all time. Come on. Yeah. Yep. Well, Ryan Bader joins the long line of, of uh, UFC castoffs, which, yeah. which uh, is about to be inhabited by Chris Cyborg as well. Um, this is a guy who lost to Tito Ortiz. Yeah. Um, he gets destroyed by John Jones. Um, he does have some wins in the UFC. Don't get me wrong. Destroyed by Anthony Sam- Johnson. I mean, destroyed. Yeah. Oh, Anthony Johnson killed him. Lyoto Machida also beat him as well. Mm-hmm. TKO'd him. Glover Teixeira beat him in the first round, knocked him out. Yeah. Um, he was on a nice on. little win streak before he left the UFC, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He beat Phil Davis. He beat Ovin St. Pro. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That name. Uh, he beat uh, Rashad Evans. He did beat Latifi. He beat Little Nog. Or, excuse me, Big Nog. Yeah. Um, he beat... He, and ever since being, you know, in Bellator, he's beaten Phil Davis. You know, of course, he beat Mitrione, beat Fedor. He wins the heavyweight Grand Prix. But again, you know, Ryan Bader is just one of those guys who comes over to Bellator, faces inferior competition. Um, and again, that's no knock on Phil Davis. I'm a fan. Um, obviously, Fedor is a legend, but he is what he is. He's in his mid-40s at this point. Um, every time Ryan Bader went up against even middle range UFC heavyweights like Glover Teixeira, yeah. who we can both agree um, is a middle range light heavyweight in the UFC. Um, even now um, it didn't work for him. I mean, he lost to Tito Ortiz in 2011. Can I, mean, can I just throw this lost- out here though? What if he yeah. is the greatest heavyweight at all time? He's never been beaten in heavyweight ever. That is true. If we're, if we're simply saying greatest heavyweight, um, there's no way for us to know, but certainly beating Czech Kong is not going to get me any, any is not going to do anything for me. Um, I do know that the UFC or Bellator has tried to reach out to the UFC before to do some sort of cross promotion, right? Uh, specifically involving Ryan Bader. So if you're telling me tomorrow that Ryan Bader doesn't come over to the UFC as a heavyweight, that John Jones wouldn't immediately starting eating his protein and moving up in weight. Don't you think John Jones thinks that's a winnable fight? I mean, who do you think, how far down the list of heavyweights would you have to go in the UFC before you find somebody that you would pick? Uh, I'm looking at Jones ran through him. If you remember round two, way back in 2011. Yep. Um, Young John Jones, early twenties, John Jones. Yep. I'll tell you what, he's fighting Czech Congo. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Okay? Who cares? Who I cares? was there. I was part of the press conference. Listen, I the love King Mo. Scott Coker, uh, um, the night Scott Coker announced this fight, he was there that night. Um, 
I was there when he announced to the assembled media. Me and a couple other guys were there. And we were just like, oh, my God, check Congo and Ryan Bader. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't there something else we could have done there? But again, you know, dating all the way back to 2015, um, Alexander Volkov, uh, Tim Johnson, the great Tim Johnson, who we just uh, mentioned earlier. Yes. Um, that's really other than Vitaly Minikoff and a very boring decision. I sat cage side for that fight. Um, Czech Congo is an odd fighter. You look at him, you go, Oh my God, this guy's got all the power in the world. He's built sort of like a Francis and Ganu. He's not but very he's good. He's not he's very good. Can we say that? Oh, he's terrible. He's, okay. Oh, because King yeah. Mo, I love King Mo and you know, God bless him. He had to retire due to some just bad, bad injuries, you know, could, sure. but never did. Could have made 185 pounds. And he... Sure. He's a small guy. Yep. If you think he can wrestle, you know what, him? Uh, guess what? Bader can three times wrestle him and, and make his life miserable. Rampage, Fat Rampage beats him by doing the same thing. Oh, no question. I mean, which UFC heavyweight right now in the top five would you pick Czech Congo to beat? He's certainly not beating Stipe. He's not beating Daniel Cormier. He's not beating Nganu. He's not beating Junior Dos Santos. He's probably not beating Cain Velasquez. Hell, he's probably not even beating Curtis Blades at this point. So who who do you pick him against? Juan Adams? You know? <laughs> Juan Adams. God damn it, Juan. I really wanted him to win that fight, too, by the way, against uh, Greg Hardy. Shit. Sure. He had everything. I mean, both of them. Both of them. Peter and Congo are probably sixth or seventh in, in the top ten of UFC heavyweights right yeah. now, in my opinion. But again, it's another boring... You know, and again, like I said, you look at Congo, you think he'd be a knockout machine. He, he's built like Nganu. But when you look at his record, he's really just a decision guy for the most part. Yeah. Um, he's always seems a little hesitant to use that power. But again, you know, I guess I'll pick the mild upset and I'll go with check Congo by decision. You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're picking check after all that. I'm going to pick check. Um, just because again, you know, Ryan Bader is one of those guys who's like one of my pet projects. Again, he could definitely kick my ass. That's for sure. But wow. this is the talk. We're here to talk. And I consistently shit on his career because again, when he went up against top competition, um, and he Tito. didn't get the job done. Yeah. And Tito Ortiz. I mean, if you have a loss to Tito Ortiz, you know, um, and again, you know, I'm not going to shit on Tito. He's one of the best light heavyweights of all time, irregardless of, of you know, his microphone skills. Oh my God. All that being said, um, I just don't see how Ryan Bader, I mean, greatest heavyweight of all time. Let's get real. Daniel Cormier was a strike force <laughs> world champion. He was a uh, Olympian, you know, he's one and one against Daniel Cormier beat Frank Derek uh, Lewis as well. I'm not even sure I'd pick Bader over Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis may even catch him. You I think you're I mean? right. Well, uh, you know, Derek just waits for you and then lunges at you. And, you know, that's what, le and I'm surprised by the way, you know, with none of these wins are real big wins anymore. I love Chael to death, but a win over Chael Sonnen, you know, from Lioto, not that big a deal, but no. who else could challenge Bader 205 pounds except for a guy that's already beat him, you know, Lioto has beat him yeah. and soundly. I, I don't understand why they didn't go that route, but they're going and with a rematch to him Leo and Greg Gegard Masasi. They're fighting with Gegard. Like, why wouldn't they give Gegard an immediate rematch against uh, Halavado Jr.? I mean, that made no sense. That is the worst booking ever. Yeah. Um, the only, I mean, we're, and let's just assume Bader wins on Saturday night. Like, where does he go from there? Like, yeah. who's the next guy? Does he rematch Fedor? 
because I know they're going to give Fedor a couple more fights. Um, <laughs> the, the winner of Mir and Roy Nelson, please no. Really, we're going to end up seeing Frank Mir or Roy Nelson fight for the World Heavyweight Championship in Bellator, and that is not good. That is not a good thing for business, regardless of how much I like both of those guys. I love Roy Nelson, great character. Yeah, uh, Frank is a legend of the game, but this is 2019, not 2009, you know? Yeah. Uh, all but right, man. Well, if, in case you didn't right get now. it, my pick is Ryan Bader. Uh, he's just going to do exactly what he did uh, against Mitrione. There's a chance, maybe, Congo is trained a little takedown defense, could, could throw a knee or, or a punch in there somewhere. But the way he, signed, he, he stands straight up, I think it's perfect uh, for Bader. Probably true. I mean, I'm just grasping at straws. I just want to see something happen that's a little different. I think Czech Congo winning it would shake some things up. And that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, that whole greatest heavyweight of all time thing. And I understand you got to push your guy, Scott Coker, and good on you. But um, let's let's get real, Aaron. Let's get real. Yeah. Uh, we did have a couple comments that I missed. My bad here. We had two comments from Velvet. Trevolver Cormier was way ahead before the KO. No, That's not. True. I mean, not. I don't know if he's way ahead. He was ahead. He won the rounds. Three rounds to nothing, in my opinion. Yeah, but like Stepe was always in it, and then Stepe hit him in the stomach, and boom. And they said, "Look, Khabib is obviously great, but the style is just dog effing guys. I hate it." Oh. Velvet Revolver, how dare you talk about that? A lot of people, way. great band, but a lot of people don't think Khabib's fight style is is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm actually on the opposite. I love to see, I like to watch Khabib fight. I really do. And I, let's see what happens, man. Let's see if, if he can if he can wrestle bleep Dustin for five rounds and really impose his will. Yeah. I mean, how impressed are we going to be with that? That's going to be pretty impressive. Um, all right. I need to throw out my sponsor here real quick. Rockfin. Uh, original content creators, podcasters that like to talk about MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, not fake wrestling, real wrestling, and some right-wing politics, you know, for the extra, the extra, extra uh, controversy here. You can uh, try to be a creator yourself, or you could endorse me, rockfin.com forward slash Aaron Y. Mom, and I believe Dave is on there as well. Yes, sir. And speaking of which, are we going to try to do a live stream tonight? Are we going to do the experimental Rockfin live stream yes. after this podcast? Um, that would be great if you could just give me a little bit of time because I Perfect. do have a little man who is uh, crying at this oh, moment. Oh, my gosh. Are we neglecting a child because of me? Um, yes, I am. But thank God my lovely wife, Christina, who is uh, um, just the best mom and wife a guy could ask Christina, for. Christina, you are a saint. <laughs> Number one, for putting up with Dave, and number two, for letting us do this podcast. Well, thank you so much. She calls our marriage, and I'll leave it at this. We'll end here. Uh, the day that she adopted me, which is true. <laughs> God bless her. All right, man. Will you let me know when you're ready? I'm going to call it. Uh, until next time, kids, if you want to support the podcast, best way you can do that is go to AaronSaysWhat.com. Click on the funny little ads on there. All kinds of neat little things you can buy. Uh, Ecamm. Golly, you can you could host your own podcast. And that's all I got to say about that. So until next time, thank you, Dave. And uh, shalom. Please remember to support the podcast hey, by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com.